Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio for this Monday, December the 20th. And we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. In studio is uh, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, Chris Woodward. Good morning. And uh, uh, I am broadcasting remotely from about 500 yards from you guys. I got the uh, positive test on the COVID. I don't know which which brand I have, uh, but it's basically asymptomatic. I got little, uh, just, just not even worth mentioning uh, symptoms, but I uh, didn't want to spread happiness and cheer for you guys as you get ready for, for Christmas. Uh, what, what is it, Fred? What is the, uh, what is the uh, strand called now? Uh, Omicron. Omicron. Okay. Omicron. Yes. yes. The Omicron strand, which yes. is sweeping the country. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, it's, but it's mild uh, for the most part. For And it's not getting down into the lungs that I've read. I've done a little re- research on this. So a lot of people are going to get what cold and maybe even flu symptoms coming up. But not according to President Biden, Chris. President Biden is a, it's the winner of death and doom Very true. For, for for people. Uh well, for people who have not had the covid shots, right? right. And by very true I mean President Biden. Yeah. He's uh planning to address the nation tomorrow. That's according to a White House official that has confirmed that to CBS News and other outlets. Uh details are scarce in terms of what if anything he's going to announce in the way of maybe new mandates. Uh but the administration says it's it's uh, really focused on and concerned about this new variant. Uh, and, of course, they have been pushing shots and boosters, masks. Uh, we can expect really? to hear more of that tomorrow. <laughs> huh. I haven't. Yeah. They're going to go over some new stuff then. Yeah. Guess, huh? Yeah. It's coming up tomorrow night. Brad, what do you think about what President Biden's going to say tomorrow? What, 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 go ahead. Well, here's the, uh, some would call it the pessimistic view on all of this. Uh, I, I, I would call it the more realistic view on all of this. The Biden administration has found that if you try, at least try to scare people enough and make it painful enough, the people will do exactly what you tell them to do. Mm. And that's what's going on. They believe that's how they're defining success, that everybody has to get vaccinated. Now everybody has to get the booster shot. That's how they're defining success. And uh, who was it, uh, uh, Chris, was it de Blasio of New York who said, if we, t- we find if we take their paychecks away, they'll do what we tell them to do. Right. Now, he said that. that he, yeah, yeah. I, I think, wow. I'm not sure. Do we have the audio we, of that? We actually have the audio. You yes. have a listen to this, Tim. This is chilling that a politician in this country would actually say this. Clip eight. And we know these mandates work. And we know people respond. Look, human beings are pretty predictable. If you say your paycheck depends on it or your ability to enjoy life and go do the things you want to do, 
People will make the practical decision overwhelmingly and they'll go get vaccinated. But we aren't pushing hard enough. We got to go farther. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. Now, de Blasio almost like he was giddy. Mm -hmm. We find if we just take their paychecks away, we find if we just take away everything that they enjoy in life, they'll do what we tell them to do. Yeah. That 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 sounds that sounds to me like China. That sounds to me like some third world banana republic, quite frankly. Not the United States of America. Yeah, that's a man who's drunk on power right there. And he's boy, he's out of office on a few days, mm-hmm. right? A couple and of weeks. Out of, yeah, he, he couldn't uh he couldn't run again. Well, I, you know, tomorrow night, uh, President, uh, well, last uh, late last week, President Biden, you know, tipped his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we didn't expect, uh, not that we, most people expected anything new or different in terms of, in terms of COVID. But he said um, basically that uh, it's going to be a win. If you're vaccinated, he said you're good to go. But if you're unvaccinated, it's going to be a uh, winter of of death basically uh is what it, that didn't basically that is what he said wasn't it chris yes it is yeah, yeah. And i don't we, know I, I guess he'll say the same thing tomorrow night i, I don't know what but it, I, he'll probably say the same old thing mm-hmm. now talking about uh, saying the uh, the same old thing you know it was just a few months ago that uh, people in support of uh what they call vaccines boosters masks all that stuff they were all saying the same thing going on sunday talk shows uh cable television news shows things like that i'm talking about fauci uh, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, Bill Gates, and other people. I actually have a montage here. We've got about a minute's worth of people earlier this year uh, talking up shots and how that was going to be the solution to everything. Clip five. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Gee, I'd like to hear from uh, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker today. Fully vaccinated, oops, on the weekend, guess what I got? They got covid yeah, you, you, what you just heard there uh, is a montage. Mm-hmm. You were hearing Bill Gates, who, by the way, is no scientist. I don't know what his credentials are exactly to speak on this a lot. But uh, anyway, he's uh, a, a guy who's interviewed by many in the media about things like this. Then you heard from Dr. Anthony Fauci and Biden, and uh, then the CDC director Rochelle. Is that her name? Rochelle Walensky. Anyway, 
listen, Biden was saying that if you got the uh, vaccine shots, you could not get COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, there was, huh? That's what he said. Yeah. You can't, he, he, now later he said, uh, he also said you can't go to the ICU, you won't die. But but what he said you couldn't get COVID. They were also talking about you couldn't transmit it, and 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 uh, also Dr. Fauci there was talking about uh, how it was excellent. The vaccine shots were excellent against variants. Did you hear him? Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what he said. Okay, listen, I'm just going to give these folks the benefit of the doubt that uh, they have the best of intentions, and I, I think I know some people may listen to me may disagree. Dr. Fauci's Dr. Evil or whatever, but I'm just I'm just going to say that these people have the best of intentions. They don't, uh, they don't mean to mislead purposely the American people. Okay, I'm, that's, my, that's my premise, okay? Uh, so I don't want to, people may argue with that, differ with that, but let me just say this, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were wrong. Yes. They were wrong on, on their predictions about the, uh, and their prophes- prophesying about the effectiveness of the COVID shots. All right, the vaccine shots, because, Reggie, you just mentioned two high-profile senators, Senator Booker of New Jersey, Senator Warren of, uh, what is she, Massachusetts? Is mm-hmm. that what she? Okay. Yes. yes. They both They both have been, they both got so much vaccination in them, uh, <laughs> their hair's falling out, so to speak. Okay, they're vaxxed fully, yes. and they just announced they got COVID. Mm-hmm. So, the, the uh, <clears throat> that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated is patently untrue. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just not true. They were wrong. And for people to continue to say that kind of thing, that it's a, vaccin- it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, I hope it's not what Biden tries again tomorrow. Because people are looking all around and they're going, no. Because people who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, got boosters. And I'm not opposed to that. If you want to get vaccinated and get boosted up, uh, that is a personal choice everybody must uh, must make. But what they're trying to do, Fred, here is, I don't know what exactly they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to pit people against one another. They're trying to say, Biden's trying to say, listen, the problem is the unvaccinated people. In America, if the unvaccinated people would only get their shots, we'd be we'd all be good to go. And yet, the harsh reality is, Fred. Now, that is not scientifically true, as we see what's happening all around us, especially with this Omicron mm-hmm. uh, variant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's what I have. I'm assuming that's what I have. <clears throat> I had COVID sometime last year and didn't even know it. Got an antibodies test, and it said I had COVID. Didn't even know. It. So I'm one of the forty percent. Basically, who have no symptoms uh, or very little uh, s- symptoms of this. But uh, th- so we'll see, Fred. What do you, where do you think he's going with this again tomorrow? Uh, Biden, well, I'm talking about. Well, because he has the cover of the mainstream media, he can say almost anything he wants. Fortunately, there are some conservative news agencies. I think that montage you just heard of the promises six months ago was out on Twitter, I think, on mm-hmm. the weekend. It was. Somebody published it out there. No, they believe, the Biden administration believes, that they can say just about anything to the American people. Plus, we're going to use the force of the federal government. 
Look, there are thousands of people in our military that are facing uh, ouster from the military in the next two or three weeks if they don't get a shot. I heard a report this morning that basically says the applications for religious exemptions aren't going to work. This, this is something the American people have not experienced before, this kind of force from the federal government that if you don't do what we tell you to do, mm-hmm. i.e. take the shot, then we're going to punish you. We're going to take your job away from you. This is unheard of. I think the American people are rebelling. Fortunately, we have cases, Chris, like in Florida. You have Governor DeSantis saying, yeah, we see the Omicron coming. Right. We, we, we know it's, it's, uh, it's highly transmissible, but we're looking at uh, what the doctors in South Africa said a month and a half ago, saying the symptoms are very light. Yeah, uh, I think you have a clip of Governor DeSantis. We do, yeah. Governor DeSantis, who often comes out and speaks to the media, speaks to a large crowd about this and that. Uh, he told people in recent days that Florida is not going to be shutting down over the new variant. Clip six. Well, Maria, first I would say that if you look at what's happened in the north in some of these states, they've had record COVID hospitalizations. That is being driven by the Delta variant. And so, yes, we are seeing Omicron in Florida and really all throughout the country. Fortunately... Omicron has not shown to produce the same level of hospitalizations uh, as the Delta variant did. Now, we'll see if that changes, but the numbers of South Africa, you know, I thought by and large were very encouraging and didn't justify the hysteria that you saw by a lot of folks in corporate media. At the end of the day in Florida, Floridians know we will not let anybody lock them down. Uh, We will not let anyone take their jobs. We will not let anyone ruin their businesses and we will not let anyone close their schools. So, Tim, you now have a very stark contrast between the Biden administration and people like Governor DeSantis. Okay, both both say these variants are out there, but a totally different approach to it. Joe Biden, last Friday, gets out in public in front of people, we're going to have a deadly winter. It is going to be terribly for the unvaccinated. That's what he says. And he's going to amplify that, I believe, tomorrow when he makes his announcement. Then you have people like Governor DeSantis in Florida saying, yes, the Delta variant is there. The uh, Omicron is out there. We understand that. But we're not going to behave in the same manner as happened 18 months ago. We're not going to do that. We're going to fight this, but we're going to stay in operation. We're not going to shut this country down. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim Wildman here with Chris Woodward and Fred Jackson. We thank you for listening to AFR. Yeah, you know, we know now that the uh, COVID shots, the vaccine shots, do not keep people from getting COVID uh, or spreading COVID. That's been established. Mm -hmm. And the effectiveness against the Omicron variant is suspect suspect at best. And so, really, if, you, if you're left with uh, the message, this will keep you from getting really, really sick, that is the vaccine shots, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, th- that's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. So, th- then, isn't that therapeutic? I mean, it isn't, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't that come down to basically treatment uh, to keep you from getting really, really sick. That's what the argument would be. It doesn't. So it doesn't prevent you from getting it. It doesn't prevent you from spreading it. As I wish they would 
I wish these folks who are in charge would say that out loud right. because mm-hmm. people need to understand and hear that. Now, again, whether somebody gets a uh, COVID shot or not, a vaccine, um, which, by the way, we haven't mentioned the J&J um, right. part, sto- part of this story. Maybe we can mention that in just a minute. Okay. Uh, that's up to the individual. You know, with a lot of times with medical treatment, it's uh, risk-reward, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's everybody has to make a calculation. Uh, am I... Am I going to be better off percentage-wise doing this as opposed to doing this or not doing that? And everybody has to make that judgment call uh, on their own particular health situation. If I were in a high-risk situation, like a you know very diabetic, or if you can be very diabetic, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. seriously diabetic, or if you're really, really overweight, uh, you know, those two categories – you know, are very high risk, uh, higher risk, I should say, of getting very sick should you get COVID, then you might say, okay, I'm going to get the vaccine shot because that outweighs <clears throat> doing that is better than <clears throat> not doing, not taking the vaccine shot as as I weigh what my options are to protect my health. Does that make No, it makes sense. Fred, does that make sense? Absolutely. And and listen, I think he, here's where we are. We're We're 18 months, almost two years into this. The demonization of those who are not vaccinated has got to stop because the science just right. doesn't support that anymore. Right. So if if we need to stop demonizing people who don't get the vaccine, in other words, we also have to stop the mandates that say if you're not vaccinated, we're going to fire you. We're right. going to throw you out of the military. That doesn't hold water, scientifically speaking, anymore. So we got to no, stop if, this. If the vaccine stopped the spread of the virus and the virus was deadly as it has been 0.2% of the time, right? Mm. Don't we have a 99. Yes. 9%, 8%, 7% recovery rate yes. from, from most America? Uh, but if, if you had a true vaccine that stopped the spread, shut down the spread of the virus, uh, you, you know, I'd be willing to listen to your argument. Mm-hmm. Um more, uh, but the, when you got a, uh, a, a, you're forcing a, you're mandating a shot uh, on people, something injecting something into their bloodstream. Mm-hmm. You're forcing them to do that, and yet it doesn't stop the spread of the virus. Then you know what I'm saying. The, your argument is, uh, to me, is lessened. Uh, greatly you're listening to today's issues next story chris well i do want to mention this uh johnson and johnson situation here uh that you mentioned uh, briefly just a moment ago uh in recent days in a story that we still have available on afn.net you had a cdc panel issue a warning uh against uh the johnson and johnson vaccine as a matter of fact the cdc panel here says uh, most americans should be given the pfizer or moderna vaccines instead of the J&J shot, uh, because the J&J shot, apparently, according to the CDC panel, uh, they say it can cause rare but serious blood clots. So be advised that uh, what you are putting into your body. Is there a clip with this or no? There is not a clip with this, uh, but I I do want to bring it up because, uh, you know, we're being told you've got to get the shot, uh, and this is one of those shots available. Um, This is a CDC. Correct. This is the CDC is... Have they put a hold on the uh, Johnson & Johnson shots, or are they just this, advising people not this to get was a, it? This was a panel of advisors. Mm-hmm. This is okay. the message they sent to the CDC. There are now okay. nine cases that they're aware of people dying. 
Right. Mostly women, uh, middle age, blood clots. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's nine confirmed cases. So they're just issuing this warning to the CDC from this panel of medical experts. Okay. You need to be careful about this. Right. And I do want to point out that uh, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, one of those people we heard in that montage a minute ago, uh, she said on Friday that she stood by the CDC panel's decision, uh, but they're going to keep the J&J shot on the market. They're not going to take it off. They just want people to right. know that what you might get in the J&J shot might be bad for you. So they're going to keep it out there. It's kind of, it's, uh, well, it's kind of like a warning you see on the side of uh, medication you buy. True. Right? True. The, you, you buy medicine at the pharmacy off the shelf, and it'll say, may cause so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Right. Uh, uh, you know, so th- that uh, so the J and J shot has shown in um, a minute yes. study. Right. Is that right? Small percentage. Small percentage to cause uh, blood clots. Also, the uh, Moderna, at least in in Europe, uh, is uh, being advised. I guess is being prohibited from being administered to thirty year old and under males. At least that was the case a month ago because of heart inflammation, I mm-hmm. guess is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the, with any uh, <clears throat> shots uh, like this, there's going to be cases where people's body doesn't react well. <clears throat> that's gonna That's been true of probably every shot and vaccine in human history. So you knew that was going to happen some. But uh, the way this particular vaccine was rushed into market, uh, made people skeptical because they said the long-term clinical trials weren't done <clears throat> as they as as normally done with uh, medicine and treatments that are, you know, handed out to the public. They have more, they have rigorous, more, more timely, rigorous uh, trials. So anyway, you're listening to today's issues, Chris. Next story. Well, I want to mention this because it's a big update and kind of um, involves everything we've talked about thus far today on the show. In recent days, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals decided to end the stay against Biden's you got to get the shot mandate for private sector workers. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the circuit court that's going to hear everything, they lifted the stay the Fifth Circuit has put in place. So as of right now, Biden's mandate is still back on, even though a lot of people have said we're not going to abide by this. I have a statement here, no audio, but a statement. Kelly Shackelford, uh, the head of First Liberty Institute, longtime friend of the program. Kelly says the Sixth Circuit's panel, uh, the decision there to end the stay is outrageous and endangers the freedoms of all Americans. Few are aware that in addition to the president's OSHA mandate being clearly lawless, its takeover of American companies also includes all religious organizations of over 100 employees, Our clients simply cannot comply with a government mandate that forces them to violate the conscience rights of their employees. The Supreme Court must act or there will be a constitutional crisis, end quote. Yeah, this is the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is just one of the courts that's just under the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, he's right. The Supreme Court's got to make a decision on this post-haste because uh, people's... uh, you know, there's there's too much at stake here, yeah. so uh, I expect it, it was a three-judge panel of that circuit, right. by the way. Right. An Obama judge, appointed right. judge, wrote the decision. She didn't use the law. She just said it's a good thing that people get the vaccination. That's not a legal opinion. She a doctor or a judge? Yes, exactly, exactly. That oh, was her point. 
Nothing about constitutional rights. Uh, folks, you've heard a lot about fake hate crimes uh, and so forth. There's a gentleman who's, who's done some research on this, and he's also a, a political scientist. And there's good news on the race relations front in our country that you don't hear about in the mainstream news media. We're going to talk about that as well with Dr. Wilfred Riley. Dr. Wilfred Riley from Kentucky State University. That's coming up. As the listener-supported broadcast ministry of American Family Association, our mission is to encourage and inform you, employing biblical stewardship principles in all that we do. Our money is not ours. It is God's. We have to be biblically responsible to be a true follower of Christ. As you prepare your year-end charitable giving for 2021, please consider American Family Radio for your gift. This is Walker Wildman saying thank you for listening and for your prayers and support of American Family Radio. Every American ought to visit George Washington's Mount Vernon estate south of Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're gonna be going to Mount Vernon on one of our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Wanted to let you know about these tours already because they will fill up quick. So for all the information, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're gonna be going to Yorktown, Jamestown and Williamsburg as well on a separate trip. So, so much rich American history there to be experienced. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a nationally noted historian and he's gonna be with us along the way. SpiritualHeritageTours.com. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. The people for the ethical treatment of animals are very upset with all of you humans accusing you of speciesism. PETA says humans need to stop using supremacist language when insulting other humans. They say calling someone an animal and meaning it as an insult reinforces the idea that humans are superior to other animals, which we are. Instead of calling someone a chicken, for example, PETA wants you to use the word coward. Instead of a snake, say jerk. You can't call anybody a rat anymore. You have to call them a snitch. And all of you Elvis impersonators, well, you probably ought to steer clear of you ain't nothing but a hound dog might trigger the people-eating-tasty-animals crowd. Last year, PETA caused a national uproar when they said we should stop referring to cats and dogs as our pets. They said it was an insult to Fluffy and Spot. You know, it sounds like the folks in charge of PETA are bird-brained. I'm Todd Stearns. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure heaven or not dot net a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish he will faithfully bring forth justice 
He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to American, <clears throat> pardon me, you're listening to American Family Radio, and we thank you for listening uh, today. Well, uh, and the program you're listening to is called Today's Issues. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Uh, we have a guest now. I was uh, uh, watching a segment. I've forgotten where it was on the news. may have been Fox News, but it was after the Jussie Smollett uh, decision there, a legal decision in, in uh, Chicago. And uh, I was wondering, you know, what the situation is in America because we read a lot about fake hate crimes hoaxes that are set up like Jussie Smollett, maybe not to that extent though, to try to create racial strife and division in our country. And uh, uh, the one of the gentlemen there that was being uh, interviewed was Wilford Riley. And so I began to read his commentary and his website and I thought, well, I'd like to interview Mr. Riley or Professor Riley and uh, we have him on now from Kentucky State University and he is assistant Professor of Political Sciences. Uh, Dr. Riley, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Where is Kentucky State University? Well, it's located in the great state of Kentucky. <laughs> um, more seriously, uh, most of the population of Kentucky, <laughs> before you get into the uh, Appalachian Mountains, is located in three cities, Louisville, uh, Frankfurt, and Lexington. Uh, university of Kentucky is in Lexington. Uh, Kentucky State's in Frankfurt. And you've got the University of Louisville in Louisville, along with a, a lot of other stuff. But I'm in I'm in kind of the center of Kentucky, in the foothills of the mountains. Like Berea or where? Well, no. Well, Berea College it's about 40 minutes away. Kentucky actually has a large number of small colleges. Uh, Berea is a famous sort of liberal arts institution where no one pays uh-huh. tuition. Everyone's expected to work for the campus. Uh, known for hippies and poetry. Well, if you're going to tell me Kentucky State University is in Kentucky, if that's your answer, if you're going to try to be a more of a smart aleck on the radio than I am, you're really going to have to work, Dr. Riley, at this. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just teasing with you. Tell us about uh, tell us about your uh, your your uh, your role there at the university. Yeah, I'm a I'm a professor of political science and quantitative methodology. So I got my degree. Um, I have a law degree from the University of Illinois. A pleasant enough guy, despite that. And I have a PhD from Southern Illinois University. And when I finished up the uh, the educational process about six years ago, I mean, I obviously applied in higher education. And Kentucky State is a historically black college located in Appalachia. So it struck me that that might be a chance to actually help some kids. Um, and that, that's essentially what happened. I was, I was a trading floor guy before that to pay for the degree, um, got the degree and went on to, uh, to teach, try to shape young minds as it were. You wrote an article back in April <clears throat> that I read, uh, called the good, uh, the good news. They won't tell you about race in America from April, 2021. And did we post that Brent on our, 
on our website on our facebook yes. page yes we did okay on, on our today's issues facebook page we we posted the story that i'm talking about that dr riley wrote the good news they won't tell you about race in america what is this piece about Well, this piece, it's an offshoot of a book I wrote, actually, called Taboo, um, which involved me looking at 10 sort of very high-profile but controversial topics, things you're really not supposed to talk about with family, for example. But the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, sort of the barbecue Becky claim that there's a ton of interracial crime in the USA, the claims made by the alt-right way over on the other side of the coin, and one of the things I realized pretty early on is that a lot of very high-profile claims, especially from the center-left sort of mainstream media, as I'm sure you guys know, aren't really accurate. So, I mean, the, the Black Lives Matter argument is that it's extraordinarily difficult, in essence, to be a middle-class black or Asian-American or whatnot citizen in the USA. The police will shoot you down in the streets. You're likely doomed to poverty. Not much has changed since the 60s. And what I found when I was doing fact-checking for this book is that this, this absolutely isn't true. If you go to Wikipedia or Britannica and just look up U.S. ethnic groups by income, this is the lead of the article, uh, eight of the ten highest-earning groups in the USA are non-white. I, I have nothing against either whites or non-whites, but I mean, that was pretty striking. You've got Indians, Filipinos, Nigerians, Chinese-Americans, Taiwanese-Americans specifically, so on. And I went on from that to kind of going through some of these other things that you hear constantly. For example, there's a great deal of interracial crime. Blacks and whites are at one another's throats. It turns out that interracial violent crime, uh, at least involving blacks and whites, is about 3% of all serious crime, and it's 80% black on white. Uh, It turns out the total number of unarmed black men shot by cops in a typical year is about 10. Uh, Last year was a bad year. It was 17. The average liberal American thinks it's 10,000. So I wrote the piece and I asked, why is it that people believe all these terrible things? Who's, who's telling them this? And I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of truth to be gained from the answer to that question. Fred, go ahead. Yeah, Dr. Riley, Fred Jackson here. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of the 1619 Project? Uh, is, is that helping black America or, what, or, or is it uh, a detriment to them? No, I mean, in, uh, in the book, I use this phrase, uh, C-O-N. I mean, you can draw whatever other acronym you want from that, but I use it as continuing oppression narrative. And it's the idea that America sort of began in, you know, this unique level of racial violence that wasn't seen anywhere else in the world. And today, all that is still going on. And both elements of that are incorrect. I think a simple description would be the United States of America engaged in conquest, uh, slavery, ethnic war, so on, at a time when that was also true of every other culture in the world. I mean, the great African societies were selling the slaves. Japan was a samurai culture of swordsmen. I mean, so on down the line. Uh, Beyond that sort of broader point, I think the 1619 Project very specifically says a lot of things that are wrong. Uh, One of their claims is that the Revolutionary War was fought to continue slavery, not to pursue freedom. Uh, That's almost exactly wrong. Britain sometimes used freed slaves who'd been, you know, warriors in a previous life as fighters against the colonists, but Britain itself didn't free the slaves in its overseas possessions until, I believe, 1833. Uh, Another one of the project's claims is that, if I'm quoting correctly, everything unique in the USA emerged from black slavery. 
And while I myself am a black man, I love black history. I mean, again, that that's a nonsense claim. Irish immigration, for example, great, great thing for this country, had nothing to do with historical slavery. So the, the 1619 Project, there are one or two interesting essays, and also a lot that just flatly got things wrong. They could have used a bit more fact-checking. And again, what you saw is, because a certain perspective is very popular in academia, very popular in the media, this is something that got a lot of publicity, won a lot of awards. Uh, I don't necessarily think that has a ton to contribute to black America, no. Well, and I guess that's the point. I mean, uh, what's being talked about in this country right now is critical race theory. Uh, I mean, it, it became a focal point of the Virginia recent Virginia elections, uh, critical race theory being taught to our kids. So I, I guess there's two questions here. Why why do some in academia think that uh, teaching critical race theory is helping this country? And in your opinion, the teaching of critical race theory, is it is it helping some of the problems in the black community in this country? Well, no, I mean, so personally, I mean, I myself, am, as I said, I was a businessman by background before going into academia, and I don't necessarily think most of this is useful in any way whatsoever. The short answer to why so many academics and media figures support these ideas is, without even joking, they're communists. Um, EconLive, which is a you know resource for ed professionals, looked at academics and the social sciences uh, not long ago and asked them questions about political identification. And as I recall, 18% said they were uh, Marxist or communist. 21% said they were political radicals, and another 26% said they were activists, which is a little milder. If you add that up, that's about 60% of, not the people in biology or agriculture or something, but in kind of psychology, sociology, that, that aspect of higher education. So I think that there's a fondness for these ideas because they, they sort of gel with the way a lot of upper-middle-class people feel about the country. It's a bad, flawed place. We need to change it very dramatically into something else. Uh, I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think the United States of America, if you actually look at the numbers, and that, that again, is the point of the article and of the books, is one of the least racist countries on Earth. I mean, we're obviously, you know, along with China, the rival of the West for a thousand years, but we are one of the most successful, most powerful you know, society on Earth, and we have a lot more freedoms than the Chinese do. So I think that is the reality. And when you look at problems in black communities, or if we're being honest, and poor white and immigrant and so on communities, fatherlessness and so on. No, I, I don't think a reflect, reflection on who won the old race wars in 1836, I don't mm. think that's going to do anything to make people take care of their kids or get better jobs. No. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the answer. Dr. Wilfred Riley, uh, assistant professor of political sciences at Kentucky State University, and the name of his book is Taboo. And where, where can people uh, get that uh, normal, I guess, the normal uh, places on the Internet and so forth, bookstores? Yeah. I mean, for those who don't feel wildly inclined to give uh, Jeff Bezos money, you can always go to a local bookseller. But Taboo, <laughs> Taboo and my other book, I Hate Crime Hoax, which is how I came to discuss Jesse Smollett. He's, he is not alone in doing that. But uh, both those books are actually bestsellers, and yeah, they're available through Amazon, Goodreads, uh, anything of that kind. So if you Google my name, Will Riley or Wilfred Riley, you'll find me and both books. Why do you? Th what, I guess I, I, I know the answer to this question, basically, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, why do you think the me many in the media, 
uh, and the left-wing political activists were so quick to believe Justice Smollett and and uh, the accusations into Covington, um, uh, Kentucky, you know, Catholic student. Uh, uh, what's his name? Forgot. Forgot. Sand- Nick um, Sandman. Nick Sandman. Yeah, Nick. I own CNN Sandman. Uh, <laughs> he, he got a lot of money from. He's fixing to get a lot of money from uh, NBC. He also got a lot of money from CNN. Anyway, because he was slandered. But why do you think that the media is so quick? Uh, not all the media, but the media and the commentators and the liberal political activists are so quick to believe these uh, accusations against uh, people or believe stories like Smollett's. But even before the evidence has come out. Well, I, I think the phrase in social science is selection bias. And well, what that means is when you do something, like when you set up a survey for a group of people, you need to actually bring someone else in to help you figure out how to quote-unquote randomize that. Are you going to go through the phone book and pick every fourth name if you're going to interview people? And the reason for that is that if you're in a boss role and you're left up to your own devices, you're going to organize things in a way that works with your pre-existing prejudices. And when we say things like 60% of social scientists are political activists, I would assume that figure, if you're talking about MSNBC, CNN, it's got to be higher than that over there. So there, there's a pre-existing tendency without necessarily vetting that by, for example, a panel of law enforcement experts or something like this, to assume these stories are true. And I mean, you want to have some sympathy for the victim, but one thing that I'll note here is if you look at probably the 20 most high-profile recent sort of racial conflict stories, whether you're talking about Covington Catholic, which happened right near me in Kentucky, you know, Erica Thomas, the congresswoman that said she was assaulted, in a high-end grocery store, Jesse Smollett, Bubba Wallace. I mean, they just made a documentary about this fake news he allegedly found. Yeah, they're showing them all marching in slow motion. I mean, it didn't happen. You know, ESPN. Oh, you were, we're talking it. about the. Excuse me for interrupting, but just to remind people, we're talking about the the so-called noose that uh, Bubba Wallace, the NASCAR African American NASCAR driver. That, that whole deal, the, which t- the FBI investigated, turned out that, quote, noose was a uh, just to, uh, to pull down uh, a garage door and had been there long before uh, Bubba Wallace was even assigned to that uh, that particular garage there at Talladega. But I just wanted to remind people that what we're talking about, Bubba Wallace is not exactly a household name. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, there are many of these stories, Nikki Jolly, the horrible uh, transgender house fire. You know, Air Force Academy, where a general had to go to campus to make this this ringing speech against racism. You know, Yasmin Saweed, the slashed hijab on the New York Six train. And you could go, I mean, the little girl in Grand Rapids who claimed she was literally urinated on by white bigots. I mean, if you go down through 20 or 25 of these stories, if you rabbit hole in Google or Lexus, none of them turned out to be true. So we can we can discuss why this is so common. But yeah, the idea that there is a slant in the media, except for Fox, if you're talking about televised media, at least to the left, um, and that that's, that's reflected in coverage is, is definitely the case. Like, we heard about those stories. It turns out, Althea Bernstein, that none of them were true, and kind of the revelation that this isn't true always appears on, like, page 27 of the leisure and pet cat section of the newspaper. Many people, <laughs> there were, again, like, they, as, as you guys noted, they did a documentary on Bubba Wallace. Many people, especially black Americans, 
have a narrative of racism in the country that's based on 20 or 30 things, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, that were not, in fact, true. And that, that's really problematic. Mm. Well, one other question, uh, uh, Doctor. by the way, we're being joined by Dr. Wilford Riley, Assistant Professor of Political Sciences at Kentucky State University. Uh, yeah, you've talked about all the, the uh, these hoaxes, these racially charged hoaxes that people, uh, I, I don't know, the purposes, I guess, are varied. They want to bring attention to themselves. Maybe they want to, to be in the media, or they just want to make... Uh, they want to make other people look bad, so they make up stories and claim that they're true. Um, well, the, the the Jesse Smollett thing was was uh, obviously not true from the beginning. Uh, he had every cliche in the book uh, organized uh, ahead of time to uh, you know MAGA to to white guys with MAGA hats uh, running through Chicago at two a.m. looking for a gay black man. And then putting a noose around his neck and bleach. And I mean, the whole thing was just uh, so obviously made up. And yet Robin Roberts, Robin Roberts, a respected journalist on ABC's Good News. Is it Good Morning America? I think it was. Yeah, uh, she she interviews him and she's she acts so serious in her interview and she's listening to him uh Tell these, uh, and, and he does his fake crying thing, uh, where, and then he talks about the story, and then at the end of the interview, this that a lot of Americans watch, she goes, "That's you know, that's touching, Jesse, or something to that effect." I mean, there was no, there was no, there was very little, if any, critical uh, analysis uh, to him of his story, and it was just another example of how the liberal news media. They want the. I get. They sound like they want these stories to be true, uh, and they don't even hardly question them when they do happen. Thus, what happened to CNN with uh, Sandman, and now he's suing NBC. He's probably going to get some money there. So, there is some. There is uh, potentially uh, consequences to pay for the news media for misrepresenting cases and misrepresenting people. I don't know if they'll learn their lesson. Or not? I don't know if that was a question. That was more of a speech I had there. Uh, Doctor Riley, uh, your book again is called Taboo. We thank you for joining us today. And where can people? Do you have a website people can go and read? Um, well, yeah, I'm I'm on our university our website. I'm very I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, again, I think the best way to find me is really just to search uh, Wilfred. It's W I L F R E D Riley R E I L L Y on Google, Bing, anything like that. And you'll find my Twitter, my website, Facebook, all my books, so on down the line. And I'm, I'm pretty active online. Like, I'll engage with people. Okay. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you being on with us. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. That's Dr. Wilfred Riley. Uh, very interesting. Uh, Chris, what did you think about all that? Yeah, I was – I. <laughs> it is something I think a lot of uh, young people need to hear, younger people need to hear. Um you know, he mentioned how he, he wanted to work at that university to reach young people. Uh, the reason I mention that is because a lot of people, regardless of their skin color, young people, they're not hearing those kinds of things. They only hear uh, from the Jesse Jacksons or the AOCs or the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, all of which uh, do appear on campuses from time to time uh, sharing a bunch of gobbledygook. So uh -huh. it's good to hear a professor. I mean, I, I've been out of college for longer than I want to admit now. Um 
and I had professors 15, 20 years ago sharing a bunch of nonsense. And it's it's only gotten worse. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, people are able to hear something like that, not only in the classroom setting, but here on American Family Radio. You know, in the article you referenced uh, that he wrote and that we have on our, our, our webpage, uh, he references, as others have, four things in life to avoid uh, poverty, graduate from high school, take any job and work, never be convicted of a felony, and avoid having children until married. He is a very kind of practical guy in saying, you know, in success in life, it's not really about skin color. It's about what you do as a person. It's about character. He's not the first to say that. Many others have said it, but he repeats it in that article. Uh, And it's been noted in the black community, so many kids born out of wedlock, it results in poverty, a a continuation of poverty. So it's a great article. Uh, go to our Facebook page, I think it is, Brent, or if you posted that, it is worth the read. Yeah, it's called The Good News They Won't Tell You About Race in America. I read it. It's from April, but it's excellent hmm. by Dr. Wilfred Riley there, our guest. You know, the vast, vast majority of Americans, uh, and the vast, vast majority of Americans, uh, of all races and ethnic groups and religious uh, differences, religious denominations, whatever, get along really well, mm-hmm. uh, really, really well. And uh, it's just that there seems to be a, uh, it doesn't seems to be, there is a, a group of people who want to see racial strife yeah, and racial division, and they want to divide Americans so they continue to, uh, a lot of them continue to put out false information and just push a one-sided narrative uh, that uh, is meant to, like critical race theory, they want to make white people demons for some reason. I don't know what, how they think that's going to help our country. It's not even true, but I don't see how they think that's going to help our country. That's what critical race Theory pushes, Fred. Yeah, you're exactly uh, right. You know, and I was just thinking, I, I, we are watching right now this uh, Kim Potter case mm-hmm. in in Minnesota. She is the white police officer. Uh, they're having closing arguments in her trial today. Uh, she she uh, mistakenly uh, pulled a gun instead of a taser. A- accidentally. Accidentally. Yeah. Pull that. Yeah. What's really interesting. Yeah. If you read the Associated Press stories and others, they always say Kim Potter, white person, uh, Dante Wright, black person. Well, there is no proof that racism had anything to do with this, but they have to stick that in there. You know, it was a a sad case all the way around. If Mr. Wright had not tried to escape, they were going to arrest him because there was an outstanding warrant. When they made that traffic right. stop, they found out about it. He tried to escape. That's the wrong thing to do anytime, regardless of your skin color. And it resulted in his death. But the mainstream media has tried to turn this into a case of racism. There is no yeah. proof. There is absolutely no proof of this. In case they're not, well, uh, the, even the <clears throat> prosecution in this case has not brought race into it because there's no proof of it. Yet the mainstream media tries to stoke that again and again and again. Also, it's a matter of stories that they won't cover. Yeah. Uh, 
we, we have a lot of stories that are just about race that are just made up. Somebody accuses somebody of being a racist and they just like Justice Millett, they just they just make some story up and put it out there and it's not really challenged oftentimes in the news media. And if if you had, had listen, uh if you had had in 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 Wisconsin at the Christmas parade a few weeks ago where the tra- tragic events took place there, you had the man who was shouldn't have been out of prison, right? No. African American guy and he, by the way, he had posted a lot of things on his Facebook page and other places that were showed he had animus uh, toward what he didn't like white people, right, mm-hmm. at all. And then he gets in a truck and he goes and kills a lot of black people by mowing them down in a Christmas parade. And I was just thinking to myself, uh, what if a white guy who was a racist like this guy was against white people? in Chicago had got a truck, a white guy had got a truck and started mowing down people in Chicago and they were all black at a parade. Mm. Do you think the news media would have already moved on? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, that's my point. Yeah. My point is that it's a one-way, they're pushing a one-way racial divide in this country, oftentimes based on false information, and then also uh, our false stories like Justice Smollett. And then, and then the other side of that is they won't cover stories that are real because they make a certain person or group of people look bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they better just ignore, ignore that. Mm-hmm. But as I said, the overarching uh, theme here is that Americans basically, the vast majority of people care for one another. They have no racial animus or hatred for one another. They just want a better life for everybody. Yeah, but the media keeps pushing racism and telling us we're bad people and uh, we 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 have a bad country. And then when you say to them, "Well, what country would you recommend yeah. <laughs> that we model ourselves after?" Mm-hmm. They can't come up with anything. Why? Because America is the most culturally diverse and most successful and most free country in the world, <clears throat> and that's why people want to come here all the time. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.